Hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley Hilveston. Welcome back to the podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Justina Victoria here. She is a men's sex coach. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here with you. Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you too. We got connected through a mutual friend and she told me about you. And I love that you were focusing on men because men need the help in their sex lives too. So tell us more about what you're doing. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, that's so true. I mean, like there's absolutely nothing. We talked about this previously. There's absolutely no support out there for men. Um, and the conditioning that they receive from infancy, essentially, um, really puts them at a loss as they move into manhood. Um, and they, they kind of go around in this really awful circle of like, not understanding why things are not working out the way they want them to. And there's just nothing out there for them. So even if they want the knowledge, even if they want to like figure it out, you know, they have to do it through trial and error. Whereas with women, we have so many more resources uh, when it comes to personal development and emotional development, mainly because society says like, well, you have hormones, so you're allowed to be crazy. I mean, we don't like it and don't be too crazy, but like, you know, we, we expect it. Right. So <laughs> here's some books for you. <laughs> but men are taught the opposite, you know, like you're not allowed to, to feel. Um, otherwise it's this very interesting loop that I've, I've identified that, um, it, it puts men at a, a major disadvantage and causes like absolute unfulfillment, which is you want to be a man. Society wants you to be this man and you want to be this vague idea of this man, right? Mm -hmm. so that you can be loved and belong, which are vital needs. Okay. But once you supposedly achieve this feat of becoming this vague idea of whatever this is, you're not actually allowed to connect to the love and belonging that you receive because then you will not be a man. Hmm. So guys are just trapped on this endless cycle that they cannot step off of because somewhere, if they try to intersect that somehow, they lose love and belonging. Like any way you slice it, they lose that. So they just end up, you know, on one end of the spectrum or the other is what I notice. Men who are really unintegrated because of this conditioning and because their own traumas and, and stuff like that. Um, you've got guys who are seeking approval from women, right? Who are like, I'm also a feminist. And like, oh my God, you just had sex with me. Thank you so much for having sex with me. Like, I respect you. And like, I bow down to you. <sighs> And they're like emotional beings, but they don't have any power. They're afraid of anger. They're afraid of those more masculine, mm. to be masculine type mm. emotions. So they live in a very feminine state, a very surrendered state. And those are the kind of guys that enter into relationship with the dynamic backwards, masculine, feminine dynamic backwards, where it's, it's sort of this like happy wife, happy life dynamic where the woman is like 
in the masculine all the time and she's just hard and nagging and angry, right? It's not natural, a natural state for her to be in. And he's just like this dead body, this like zombie. It's just like, whatever you say, dear, I have no wants or needs. I just want you to be happy so I can be happy. So you've got like that end of the spectrum. And then you've got guys all the way on the other side that are really connected to like power and anger and aggression. And I don't do lovey-dovey stuff. Get that shit away from me kind of thing. Right. So the conditioning really kind of pushes met like polarizes them into being one of these two states. And, and so for the guys who are really hardened, who cannot connect to their own vulnerability, which creates presence, which is really powerful masculine energy, they're just living a life completely disconnected. So it's interesting because both of those extremes create the same outcome, which is deep unfulfillment and lack of connection, right? So you've got these, these kind of people-pleasing guys over here, and they think like, I just have to do this so that I can be loved, right? And, and who cares about what I want? Because then I'll get what I want in the end anyway. If I just give this person what they want. And they never get what they want because it, the dynamic is backwards. And the guys on the opposite end who are really hardened and they stay away from love and they're, they don't want to have a relationship and just leave me alone. Leave. I don't want to feel emotion. Same thing. Obviously it's, it's much more apparent in that scenario where it's like, obviously you're not going to connect. You're not going to fall in love. Mm-hmm. So the, the outcome and the, they're both avoiding the same thing. They both want the same thing, even though it looks totally different. They both have the same desire, which is to love and to be loved and to belong. And they both have the exact same outcome where they're not achieving that. One looks different because somebody has a tribe, technically. This, this guy over here may have a wife and children, but he feels no connection. And the guy over here has none of that and he feels no connection. So men are sort of polarized in this aspect, but actually they're all experiencing the same thing based on the conditioning. There is no getting out of feeling. It is, mm. that is, that's it, that's all we are. We are feeling beings. Our entire experience of life is a feeling. We are just one walking chemical reaction. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you cannot not feel it, just it is what we are. So when little boys are conditioned away from that, like, oh, boys don't cry or Mm -hmm. get over it, man up, don't be a pussy. What that's teaching them is to actually disconnect from their existence. It's really hard on, on men. It's really hard on men. And now, and we've got this sort of feminine uprising right now where it's like down with the patriarchy and fuck men and, and demonizing toxic masculinity, all this shit. But the fact of the matter is, is like men are suffering as deeply and they just don't talk about it because it's not acceptable. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you think that, wow, everything you just said, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about the fact that like with the work that I'm doing, I've worked with men and women. And I think that I agree with you. It's almost like, I've heard men say, oh, well, don't cry to their kids or whatever. And I think that that is so detrimental. And I'm like, I wonder how many generations, 
had been saying that. Like, mm-hmm. has this been going on for so long? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it comes from, you know, we this this idea that men really, because, th- and I talk about this a lot too. So men are conditioned into developing physical courage. Like that is the prime thing that's going to make you a man. That's going to make you desirable. It's going to make you successful, right? So they're taught like, you have to like be strong and be brave and don't show any emotion because that's weakness and all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is that you will only in this life, in our modern society, you might have the opportunity once, maybe twice, depending on your job, your profession to even express any type of physical courage. I mean, the amount of times that you're going to need to protect yourself or your family from some Mm -hmm. outside physical threat is going to be so low. You're going to, at the end of your life, you would count those on one hand. But what's more important when we talk about having a fulfilling life, satisfying life, is the development of emotional courage, which is something that's necessary on a daily fucking basis. And you cannot develop those tools if you're taught your whole life, stay away from that. So men are like, they're like, yeah, I could like save my lady, right? But like, do do you have a lady to save? Can you create that to begin with? So this is, this is like another weird cycle, another weird conundrum of, of societal conditioning for men that's like, do this and you'll get that. But then they're like, but I did that, but I don't have that. So what, what the fuck? What am I, what am I supposed to do now? Mm. And then no, what are you noticing too during quarantine? Like what is the, what are the main problems that are coming up with that? So it's, it's just intensifying the normal stuff for guys. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 uh, the thing that guys struggle with most in love and sex is loneliness, mm-hmm. which is so funny because nobody would, I mean, I actually posted this on my Instagram as like a pop quiz. I was like, what's the one thing? And, and I had hundreds of responses and not a single man got it right. Meanwhile, I'm on the phone with men all day long, and this is what they tell me. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. I mean, it's it is actually rare that somebody is like, "Oh yeah, I don't feel alone," or "I don't feel lonely." Like I'm fine. I mean, it's so rare. They feel alone and lonely in relationship. They feel alone and lonely outside of relationship because they don't know how to connect. They don't know how to bridge that gap between what they feel and someone else. Mm. And so what's re- what I've noticed in, in quarantine is really just an, an intensifying of that, right? Because now they can't go out and have a one night stand or they can't go out and, you know, do their normal coping mechanism or their normal like soothing technique, right? So the masturbation is up, which is a self-soothing mechanism. Um, and, you know, watching porn is going to be up and all of those things are ways to like soothe and calm the nervous system, even though they don't work. Mm -hmm. Um, but those are, those are natural ways of trying to like regulate the nervous system. So really what I see is just an intensifying of 
that feeling of isolation that they already have, the, the intensifying of the loneliness they already experience. And this isn't for every guy. I mean, some guys have, have really are in great relationships and they've kind of mastered their conditioning and, and really stepped into their masculine power and energy. But for the majority of guys who haven't figured it out yet, it's, it's, it's a pretty rough, it, it's, it's really hard on the nervous system, really hard. Mm. You know what's so interesting is, is that I've dealt with several of the things that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of other women there. It's so interesting that you said that about the loneliness, lack of connection. They feel lonely regardless whether they're in a relationship or not. I've dealt with that. So I wonder if it's just because our society is lacking connection overall and it's just being amplified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just conditioning. And, and men and women are the exact same mm-hmm. in regard to vital needs, right? We may have, we may have like a, a different, um, we may have different energies um, and we may have different hormones, right? But our brains are hardwired the same way. Food, shelter, water, love, safety, belonging. It's what we need for our nervous systems to be regulated. So we all have the same goal in mind and you're going to feel alone when you don't have tribe or when you don't, when you do have tribe, but you don't feel connected to that tribe, right? You're going to have those emotions come up because it's natural for both men and women to feel those things Mm -hmm. and in the conditioning. So let's just say, let's make up like a fake scenario. Let's say we've got this guy who really deeply wants to be loved and belonged and, and he moves into a relationship with a woman, but he's never developed the emotional courage or developed the ability to connect to himself or to anybody else, but he wants it so bad. So that's why he's in this relationship. Mm-hmm. So he feels lonely because he, he doesn't know how to do that, right? And then she just wants that. It's like, give me that. Give me this thing. What is wrong with you? Why won't mm-hmm. you just connect with me? Because for us as women, it's easier. We're not, we, we are not conditioned away from connection. If anything, we're conditioned towards it. We're like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're not allowed to have meaningless sex. Your value will drop if you have a lot of sexual partners. Oh, you better yeah. connect. You better fucking connect. And with guys, so the, the conditioning around sex is opposite. So for men, it's the more sexual partners you have, the more value you have. And for women, it's the less sexual partners you have, the more value you have. Right. But do you so, think that still exists, that belief? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A thousand percent, yes. And so for people like you and me, because this is our life, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to see. We're like, oh yeah, the whole world has changed. No, it hasn't. Oh my God, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm just in another vortex. Yep, you I'm like, are. everybody's so doing Tantra and having multiple. <laughs> yes, and so, and so are you. And so am I. And, and the funny thing about that is I even notice in me, the old conditioning come up where it's like, Oh, I'm really interested in a guy or whatever. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to make sure he knows I've only had sex with like this many people. Right. And that's funny because it's like, I am the most sexually liberated person I know, but I actually really haven't had that many sexual partners in the realm of like sexual liberation, really, you know? And so it's funny because my, I think I'm at like 17 and that would be a lot for some people and mm-hmm. like not really that much for other people. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, depending on who I'm talking to, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm only 
me at 17 is probably, you know, it's not going to grow much beyond that, you know, or some people's like, yeah, I've had sex with 17 people. I'm an expert, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can still feel that in me, like that desire to sort of get, but it all comes back to love and belonging. It's like, whoever it is I'm talking to in that moment, if I need their approval, if my brain says this person is important, right? You must connect with them. You must get them to resonate with you. You must get them to accept you. Then that's going to be what, I, that's going to be the program that's running, right? Based mm -hmm. on what I've learned from society and what I'm, I think that person might also be conditioned with. So I see it in myself still, and it comes up very rarely, but it still comes up. But yeah, I've noticed that where it's like, I even have times where it's like, will I even be able to have clients in the next couple of years? Because everybody is just so open with their sexuality. And I'm like, I'm delusional. It's not even true. It's not even close to me. Is that funny? Oh my gosh. Like I still have guys on Instagram, like you can just see them typing and erasing and typing mm. and erasing. And they're like, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, of course mm. you can. It's just like, I've never told anybody this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I get that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, yes, yes. But I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because I love talking to people like you all over the world who are doing this work because it's so necessary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is because, you know, sexual energy and you know, this is, it's our life force. I mean, mm -hmm. we're born through it. We create from it. It's what we are, you know, feeling and sex. That's it. That's the human experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so to, so when we deny feelings, we deny existence. When we deny sex, we deny existence. Those are the core of what we are as, as these beings, as these animated beings. Um, so it, it's really important. And I actually argue that love and sex are the most important things because they are, you know, outside of the physical needs, which we have taken care of. I mean, if you're not living in a third world country, which lucky enough, you and I are not, and most of the people that we talk to and work with are not, then really fulfillment comes from love, safety, and belonging. And if you don't set goals around your love life or your sex life, if you don't develop your ability to create those things, if you don't understand the blueprint, if you don't educate yourself, um, or bring consciousness to those areas, then you just aren't alive. Mm. Like you're alive without being alive, you know? Cause when you think about when you're in love or you're having like great sex, like you are never more alive. Like you don't give a shit about your job. You're just like whistling on the way. Mm -hmm. Like you don't care about any, all your problems disappear because you feel so alive. And when you don't have that, when you have no connection, when you, when you're going through a breakup, when you have, you're not having good sex and you feel like you're not being seen or heard or loved or belong to anyone, you never feel more dead. And so people sort of like poo poo love, right? Like we have this societal conditioning of like, Oh, please. That's so, that's so childish or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is like, no, actually it's a vital need it's a, vi it's a vital need. Like it's as important as like food and water. We need those things to regulate our nervous system and to be healthy and to thrive. 
So I think more people are waking up to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I wouldn't say that it's, it's, you know, when somebody makes a goal list, they might put like, get a, get a boyfriend or get a girlfriend. Right. But they're not like, okay, you know, totally step into my, like my masculine energy and integrate that and, and learn how to mirror a woman and like, stuff, right. And how to learn how to energetically resonate and like understand somebody and understand my own patterns and, and programs. They're not doing that because they don't even know that that's really available to them. It's not, it's just not so mainstream yet. Mm. But it's like for people like you and me, like we see how our lives have changed because of the work we've done in this area. I mean, we've, we've essentially dedicated our whole lives to this mm -hmm. because it's so extraordinary. Yeah. It's so important. Like I, I went through a period where all I was doing was like casually hooking up. And I think that I noticed that what I was really seeking, I mean, yeah, the sexual, you know, experiences were fun or whatever, but it was the connection. It was the part after sex that I loved, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And do you know what? Every single man I talk to says the same exact thing. And most people are like, guys, they don't give a shit. They just want to fuck everything. It's not mm. even true. It's not even biologically true. Like biologically, it's not true. <laughs> like we're women are multi-orgasmic so that we can receive a lot of sperm on the same day, create the most genetically healthy baby that we can. Mm -hmm. Men come in 30 seconds and you know fall into a post-orgasmic haze so they get the fuck out of the way for the next guy to get in there. Right? This is not men going all over the earth and spreading their seed. It's not real. <laughs> Right. And so we, we have this really hilarious representation of men in society that they can't even live up to. I mean, all I hear all day long is, is my penis big enough? Is it, is it hard enough? Do I, am I giving it enough semen? Like, am I producing enough semen? Am I, am I lasting long enough? The lasting long enough is like the funniest thing, like all day long. I even have like a mini course on that to teach guys how to last longer. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I explain to them, you're not supposed to. There's nothing wrong with you. Your mm -hmm. body is working the way it's supposed to. What about the whole senior retention thing? How guys say that, you know, mm -hmm. what do you think about that? So I'm kind of split on that, to be honest with you. I've, you know, I've taught guys how to do it and, and that kind of thing, but I really am for naturalness, right? Now we are, we have a specific biological program. Okay, but we're also conscious creators. And we create thought and we can create thoughts that change our biology, that change the way our bodies work. And one of the things that I, I teach is that like you don't come out of the womb as like a marathon runner, right? Like you can't just get like be you just can't like we're not meant to just go run 25 miles, right? But you can train your body with your conscious mind, you can hold that vision in your mind and teach your body to become that. And so it's the same thing with semen retention or lasting a really long time. It's like, you're a conscious creator, so you can actually practice something and create that, create that physical ability. Mm -hmm. But as far as like semen retention goes, I think that there is, there's some benefit to it for men because it allows them to experience an orgasm without 
the crash afterwards, like the energetic drain afterwards. Mm -hmm. But also, there, there's a couple of thoughts around this. So the first thing is, is it, I don't believe everything I've researched. I haven't seen anybody actually study this. And I'm wondering whether or not there is an actual mechanism in the penis itself that when semen comes through, mm -hmm. when they ejaculate, that is like a trigger for prolactin to be released, which causes the sort of post-orgasmic haze, right? Mm -hmm. The tiredness. That doesn't seem to happen with guys who, and just for anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know what semen retention is, it's you're still coming, but essentially you you learn to reroute your semen into your bladder. And that sounds really weird. <laughs> And really not healthy, but actually it doesn't really do anything to the body. Like, you know, the body just disposes the semen. Um, so there is, it, there's, there either seems to be some mechanism that when semen passes through the actual penis, then prolactin is released or it's all in the mind. Right? Like, oh, the, the sperm didn't come out of me. So like, I have lots of energy. I kept it in my body. So I have lots of energy, right? So I guess like the whole thing is, is that I believe that you can sort of do that anyway, right? Like you can still mm -hmm. ejaculate and, and feel that you have tons of energy. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm not in a man's body, right? So I'm not going to be able to 100% feel what they feel, of course. But just based on working with them and hearing, you know, patterns of what they experience and that kind of thing, it just seems that it doesn't make sense to me unless there is an actual mechanism inside the shaft that gets turned, like gets triggered when they ejaculate. Mm -hmm. um, because they're still, their testicles are still releasing semen, right? So like, I think that you could go either route. Like if you, if you wanted to experience a full body orgasm, you don't have to, to learn to like clench your muscles and do Kegels and all this stuff. Right. Um, and reroute your semen into your bladder. I think you can just practice that experience through orgasmic meditation. Um, and I would, I'm more of a, I would say like, I would probably push, a client more to do that than mm -hmm. to reroute their semen only to me just because it just feels it just feels like just not natural you know it's possible and it's it's not again like you can be a marathon runner and that kind of thing like we can get our bodies to do things and they're not it's not necessarily unhealthy or, or harmful mm -hmm. but I don't know it just seems weird to me <laughs> Even well, I have someone I'll have to send you on Instagram, but that practices it. But listen, I'm not a guy. I don't know. I yeah. just brought that up because I know a lot of people practice it. They mm -hmm. talk about it and you're a coach for men. That's why I brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot around it, to be honest. Like it just, it just depends on who you are and what you want to create. If, if that's what you want to do and you want to try that and you want to master that, do it. There's no reason mm -hmm. why you can't, you know, there's no reason why you can't. So, yeah, if you don't like it, keep going. Yeah, do something else, right? Like you can still experience. Um, and I actually posted, I think I posted a video about this um, 
somebody asked me like, why do women experience better orgasms than men? And I actually don't even like there's, unless we like studied the, the amount of chemical that's released in both of our bodies and we took brain scans of men and women and combined them and looked and see, you know, look to see if there's some stronger reaction in a woman's body. I don't even know that that's true. You know, men who, th this is kind of like this, a really, really sad thing. And I'm so for keeping foreskin because there's like a, there are a lot of things that I've read that say when the foreskin is removed, they actually lose about 20,000 nerve endings. Mm -hmm. I read that too. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and we have as women like 8,000, right. And men have like supposedly 4,000. So that that's where this kind of idea that, that comes, that's like, Oh, you have, you can feel more than us. Right. But actually, I think if you have your foreskin, you might actually feel more than we do. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. You know, so I think um, everything is sort of a belief system. You know, if you believe that you are able, as a man, if you, if you believe you're able to achieve these like unbelievable full body orgasms, you can circulate this, the sexual energy through your entire body and you could feel an orgasm in your fucking fingertips, mm -hmm. that's going to be your experience. If you have a belief that, oh yeah, my orgasm is like, yay <laughs> mm -hmm. and the woman's orgasm is like oh, a volcanic eruption i'll never be able to achieve that that will be your experience it's really it's just simple that's what it comes down to is whatever you believe yes i so agree with that yeah mm -hmm. right yeah mm. and so what do you tell these men that are struggling with porn are you pro porn are you against it are you so i'm pro thriving Mm -hmm. um, if you watch porn and you have a belief system attached to that porn, which a very typical belief system is that porn is bad or wrong. Or a one thing I hear a lot from guys is that mm -hmm. it has this like bad aura attached to it. Mm -hmm. If you watch porn and you jerk off and afterwards you feel guilt, shame, wrong, bad, you shouldn't be watching porn unless you do the work to shift that belief system around mm -hmm. the point. But that's from religion, right? Um, it comes from lots of sources. I think it comes from lots of sources. I mean, porn, porn is something that we hide away from our parents, from our, from girlfriends, mm -hmm. from, from society at large, you mm -hmm. know, it's something that like wrong, dirty, you know, and, and there's lots of people who grew up non-religious who feel the same way. I mean, there's even like the feminine aspect of like, porn hurts women and you're a bad degrading towards women. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you, those guys that I was talking about on the end of the spectrum who are always trying to please women and get on their good side, right. They're not going to admit that they watch porn very often. Um, so, so it's, to me, it's not, I don't see things as good or bad. I see them as an experience you either want to have or don't want to have. So do you want to have the experience of feeling shame mixed with your pleasure or feeling wrong or bad or that you've done something wrong mixed with your pleasure based on your belief system? And if you don't, then what you get to do is change your relationship to porn or stop watching porn and start learning the trillions of ways that are available to you to experience pleasure in your body, which guys are not taught, right? It's just watch porn and jerk off fantasize and jerk off. That's it. Mm -hmm. so when they start like, Oh, well I can 
I can just connect to the sensation in my dick or I can like do these breathing exercises. They're like, what is happening to me? <laughs> like, holy shit, what is that? <laughs> right? So I don't see porn as like good or bad. I just, it's, it's a case by case. If it allows you to thrive, watch it. If it takes something away from you, shift your relationship to it or don't watch it. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't really have an opinion on porn. You know, there's good and bad things about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not really one of those people. It's like an advocate either way. Mm, I love how you say that. Yeah. Cause I think that I did a video on this the other day. I think that the worst thing about the whole sexuality, you know, part of people's lives is the judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is really insane because we all feel the same way. We're all sexual beings. Yeah, everybody wants. It's not like <laughs> a couple <laughs> people are like wildly sexual and everybody else is like, you're weird. No, we're all wildly <laughs> sexual. <laughs> like, that is happening. Um, but we all have the same belief system. So we all think that everybody else is thinking that our sexuality is wrong. Mm -hmm. But really, everybody else is just thinking that their own sexuality is wrong. <laughs> oh my it. gosh. Yes. No one's thinking about you. They're just thinking mm -hmm. about them. Well, yeah, when I first started doing this work, I had so much shame about doing the work. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you have that too when you first started teaching? No, I'm a very rebellious soul. And mm -hmm. so I typically do the opposite of whatever society says anyways, because I just love to piss people off. Mm -hmm. um, that was my, that was sort of my MO growing up. And it drove my parents insane. Anything they told me to do, I would just do the opposite. It's just who I am. Um, but no, I did have a lot of shame wrapped, wrapped around my, especially self-pleasuring. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always taught, even though my parents were very liberal when it came to sex, like my parents are, you know, my dad's like the most perverted, joking, ridiculous person in the world. And so that's kind of what I grew up with. Like sex is a joke. It's something to be joked about or it's gross. Right. So it's like, even though my parents were open and I could come talk to them, mm -hmm. um, and, and tell them like anything, like, you know, I had sex or like at some point I got pregnant, my parents took me to get an abortion and, and they're, they're very religious, like very Catholic. So that was very difficult for them, but I knew that I could go to them. And even if they were disappointed in me, they would support me and they would help me. So even with that, when I started this work, there would be weeks where I'm like, you know, when I was in school, we, we self-pleasured every day as part of our practice. And I would just be like, mm -hmm. I'm not touching my pussy today. <laughs> Leave me alone. And I would just be so triggered. I'm like, I just don't want to touch myself. I feel so gross. <laughs> and so yeah like it was um it was hard but it wasn't it wasn't like oh what's somebody gonna think about this it was like I don't give a fuck like that's not that to me doesn't bother me like I would mm -hmm. be like oh yeah I've been I've been masturbating in school all day every day for like a year and they're like I'm sorry what <laughs> and I'm like yeah whatever but the actual act of self-pleasuring and and you know, like shifting those belief systems and, and mm -hmm. having to go there and feel that and welcome that. It's hard work, which is why most people don't do it because they're afraid mm -hmm. of what it feels like. Um, but yes, I did. I had a lot of shame and guilt and like grossness built up around self-pleasure. And I had a little bit, 
I would say I had a little bit around sex itself, like with a man, some insecurities, some feeling of being uncomfortable or, and that's, I mean, that couldn't be, that doesn't even exist on an atom of that exists in my body anymore. Like I could have sex with anyone and just know that like, it's going to be amazing. But I think that comes too from like the fact that people like you and I have done so much work mm-hmm. that it's like a man is never going to experience what we have to offer. You know what I mean? Like from anyone else, like this, there's no question. There's no reason why I can't be confident in this. Right. It's just, it's a no brainer. It's like, they're going to fucking be like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have anything and I really didn't have much around that because I had, you know, for me, and one of the reasons why I'm so, you know, I understand men so deeply and, and it's like my passion and purpose to work with them is that I've been mirroring them my whole life. So my conditioning growing up was men are up here and they're really important and women are down here and they're not important. They're annoying. They're liars. They're backstabbers. They're crazy. I'm not on that level. I'm up here with the guy. And so I spent my whole life like trying to be like initiated into this, this like masculine, like, you know, group or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, love me, see me as valuable, see me as important like you. And, um, and so from a really young age, like I lost my virginity at 14 Mm -hmm. and the guy I lost my virginity to, I was like so in love with him. And I was like, I just want him to love me. And I'm like, I'm going to be really good at sex. And so from that age, I mean, really young, like I like now as in just is about to turn 14 and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> oh my God. I had sex when I was that little, like, this is so crazy. Um, but it's what we are, you know, I mean, fetuses masturbate in the womb. So it's, it's to me, like, it's not, it's not really a big deal, but um, I just remember like going to the bookstore and I think I was like 15 and I was like, I got to get a sex book and I got to like learn. I got to be yeah. really good at this because this is like another thing that's really important to guys and I, I need to be up there with them. And so I kind of already ha- had like conditioned myself into, you know, thinking that I could be good. I could be better mm-hmm. um, at sex. Right. So for me, it was mostly just the relationship I had with myself because I was constantly my whole life developing my relationship with men and sex and what they wanted from me and, and be belonging to them. Um, it was more like when I went through this, it was really about like, can I feel pleasure with me without trying to get something from somebody else? Can I connect to my own pleasure and make that okay and make that good and that was a hard road and I find that I'm you know on the other side of that Mm -hmm. but it was hard did do you feel like you went through that as well yeah I mean I think for me it was um like I had all the religious programming crap you know growing up in Alabama um I lost my virginity later I wasn't like I think I was at 19 or 20 Mm-hmm. So I thought I was way late. So I was like, I'm catching up to do, which is so funny, all these beliefs. But yeah. I, yeah. Isn't that hilarious? It's like 14, that's too young. 19, I'm too old. <laughs> like, what is so the funny. right age? <laughs> I know, really. I'm like, what is it? 
and then I went there where all my sexual experiences were drunk. So I was like, I need to do it sober. Maybe I'll like it, you know. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, I think for me, even now, I'm still in this journey of self-discovering, of, of figuring out, like getting rid of all those beliefs and kind of what you said, like, okay, what do I believe about sexuality, self-pleasure, my body? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've experimented with, I was with a guy in an open relationship. Um, so I think it's like just opening myself up to what do I believe, not what is society tell me, telling me is right or wrong. Yeah. Or what do I want to believe even if I don't yet? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It takes, it takes a lot. I mean, you know, like how much it takes to be able to walk through that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it's like, you know, I'll get a client and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be the best or whatever. I'm like, cool, cool. So like, you're going to like masturbate to all the shame right now. And they're like, Mm -hmm um, no, that doesn't sound fun. Like what, what, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's what we got to do. That's where we're going with this. And they're like, but I didn't sign up for that. Like, (laughs) Mm. but it's so, um, it's an integral part of, of moving beyond that, like being able to feel it and not avoid it and then shifting the relationship to it. And all of a sudden one day it just goes, do you feel like, do you feel that? Yeah, it's definitely been a lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's also, too, it all goes back to what you were saying earlier. This is a natural need to want to do that. Like, I had a guy message me yesterday on Instagram, and he was like, I fantasize a lot about women. He's like, I'm trying to meditate and not have that come up. He's like, how do I stop that? And I'm like, uh, you don't. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? That's I was like, that's normal that you are thinking about women at your age. Duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah I was like I'm very happy for you like that's kind of weird if you don't yeah (laughs) yeah so I think we have to get past that belief of like this is so wrong it's so dirty Mm -hmm. get past the belief and then also decide like okay is fantasizing serving me and if it's not in what ways is it taking away Mm -hmm. and where do I need to in what way do I need to regulate my nervous system for that to to subside right? Because if you're obsessively fantasizing, then it's like, okay, there's a vital need that's being threatened here. Like, let's, let's balance that. But if you're just fantasizing and you have a belief that like, I shouldn't be doing this, this is wrong, this is bad. And even now, I mean, I just can't deal with the, you know what, and if I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, I don't care. The consent, I can't deal with the consent stuff. It's like, all right, already with the fucking consent. Like you, men have to be like, am I allowed to breathe? Can I breathe? Is oh, that okay? Oh, that is stupid. The me too oh people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm like, please blow my brains out. I can't deal with it anymore. And so like now guys, I'm not kidding. Like, and maybe you've experienced this. Mm-hmm. Guys are literally like, I think I'm not allowed to fantasize about this person because I didn't ask her consent. And I'm just like, mm, that is ridiculous. oh my God, if you are not doing something to harm somebody, like, and it's just you you're not affecting anyone else. Do what you want. Okay. Like if you fucking see a lady on the street and you think she's hot and you want to go home and jerk off to that, do that. And you know what? There's going to be people out there who are going to be like, just, you know, you're wrong and that's fine. But I mean, the more we do that, the more we polarize ourselves, Mm, more we demonize people. Like you can't even think about me. Like it's, it's so like, 
oh my God. You mm. know, Whoa, crazy. you make some great points here. I'm really glad you brought that up though, because you know, I interview men and women here. I want this to be an open environment. Nothing's off limits. Because I want the podcast to be all about helping people in the relationships, men and women. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with you on that. I think that there's so much, it's almost like sometimes it pushes the wedge even further when really yes. we all want the same thing. Yes, we all want the same exact thing. And, and you know, especially with all the feminism, and I've noticed that one thing that I've noticed is women who have a really, really strained relationship with masculine, right? Not, not necessarily a man, but I mean mm-hmm. masculine energy, their own masculine energy. They mm-hmm. feel, they see it as something that's unsafe. I find that those, and, and again, I might get in trouble for saying this, but this is just a pattern that I see. Women who have a strained relationship or feel afraid of the masculine seem to be the same women who are physically attacked or even feel like unsafe being catcalled and all this stuff. Whereas I find women who, and this is again, just a pattern, women who have a really good relationship with the masculine, they don't experience that same thing. So as an example, I had posted, um, I posted this thing on, on Facebook or on Instagram like a while ago that was like um, sort of trying to bridge the gap between what you're saying, like kind of get rid of the wedge. Um, there used to be this, when I was living in Brooklyn, there was this mural and there, this mural was right next to my apartment and it was literally the size. I mean, it was like two stories. It was massive. And this mural was literally all about the horrors of catcalling. Oh, (laughs) that's ridiculous. So I'm not kidding. It was like just these women who like these, these men in like hoodies that were like, Hey lady. And the girl's like, yeah, I'm like, what is this? this?" And so I was like, okay, how can we sort of overcome this Mm -hmm. from both perspectives? Right. So there are men, there are absolutely men out there who feel powerless and they try to intimidate women so they can feel powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They feel powerless inside themselves. There are absolutely men out there. So I'm not making an excuse for that. But I think that if you're walking down the street and a guy smiles at you or he's like, damn, you know, like that is something that you get to say, my beauty is so profound that it actually makes men need to like sound on the street. <laughs> like that's an amazing thing. And, and so I posted this, right? This is, this was kind of what I was saying is that I love cat calling. Like it makes me feel like my beauties and my radiance just kind of spills out. Mm-hmm. And I had several women who were like really angry at me you're making it unsafe and you're, you're sending a message to women and, and all the, and men that it's okay for them to terrorize us and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, and so like, we really need to like, look at, you know, for women, our practice and our responsibility is to shine our light and our love out for men, now that we're talking about heterosexual, right? Mm-hmm. Shine our light and love out for, for men to receive. And if you feel that you don't want to do that, you get to become invisible. That is your practice. That is how you protect yourself. And you get to um, develop your masculine core 
So you are able to, you feel powerful. You feel you're able to protect yourself. That's our work, right? And for men, they get to bring their presence in a way that allows a woman to feel beautiful and feel radiant and not unsafe, right? And so it's okay to fucking catcall, but you just want to do it in a way that, you know what I mean, makes a woman feel safe, not that you're trying to have power over her. And if we could just bridge that gap between each other instead of demonizing, I mean, this mural was like, <laughs> like, guys, okay, calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's women out there who have felt that, right? But it's really a matter of like standing in your own power, not allowing how to anybody to have power over you. Right. Um, so I have these kind of wild opinions about things, but mainly it's because I want people to be able to, I want men and women to understand each other and not fear each other and not, mm -hmm. you know, I think of course, absolutely like be safe and protect yourself, but we don't have to take things and make them so big that we're actually polarizing each other. We need each other. Mm. Well, yeah, you bring up such a great point. I cannot believe that person painted that mural. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on. But I do think that it's, it's almost like, I like how you said they develop a good relationship with their masculine because that is something that I've worked a lot on. And as I've done this work, now I get compliments all the time or whatever, and I feel a lot safer in it. Yeah. But I used to feel really unsafe around men and my... I didn't, but I also didn't have boundaries. And so I think it's the, um, yeah, I think it's like feeling safe in your sexual energy and like, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And feeling that you can protect yourself or become in, you know, as, as David Data would say, like become invisible when, when you don't want attention, right? Learning the practices that there are, the, the ways that you hold your body that actually say, no, get away from me and being really powerful and strong in that energy, I've never, and I have a very overdeveloped uh, relationship with my masculine. I have never, and, and I, you know, part of this is a blessing, right? Because I'm, I'm lucky that this has never happened to me, but I have never, ever, not once ever in my whole life felt unsafe when it, I was around a man or a group of men or anything like that going out, but I'm also not a drinker. I actually had this a very interesting back and forth with, with my boyfriend at, at one point where he was like, it's a man's responsibility to make sure a woman is safe. And, and I said, no, I was like, no, no, no. I said, it's, it's yes, I agree to an extent. I said, men should just be decent and not take advantage of a woman. Let's say you're at a bar and she's had too much to drink, right? And you're horny as shit and you're like, this is my end. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, as a woman, do not put yourself in a position where you don't know anybody you're with and allow yourself to get hammered. Mm -hmm. You should be protecting yourself and not expecting that the world is going to make it okay for you to just fully surrender right in the middle of a bar. Like that's so like when you own your feminine and your masculine, what you're doing is you, your masculine, your inner masculine lets you know when it's safe for you to surrender, which is what feminine energy is. If you go into a bar by yourself and you're with people you don't know, and you just surrender, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you are not connected to the masculine and you are not protecting yourself. You're putting yourself in an unsafe situation. And there are people who will take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's to be expected. You better expect that. So don't ever put, you have to keep yourself safe. Don't ever put yourself in an unsafe situation. Now there are times where, you know, you, you may think you're in a totally safe situation and something really horrible happens to you. That's happened to a friend of mine mm -hmm. where she was date raped and um, she thought she was with somebody she knew and he got her alone and put drugs in her, her drink and that kind of thing. Um, you know, so there are times where that, that can happen to you when you actually trust and think it is okay to surrender and, and that kind of thing. But, um, but overall, the point is, is that if you can really develop both parts of you as a woman and feel that you can trust in yourself to protect yourself and not put yourself in unsafe situations, your chance of, of experiencing something like that is going to go way down. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that, though, because that is so, so key with, I love the whole feminine movement and everything, too, and I talk about it a lot, but I need to talk more about what you just said with the whole, we need to help teach women how to get a healthy relationship with their masculine, because I loved how you said you've never felt unsafe. I have, but I used to go out a lot, and I've, um, I used to drink a lot, and now I don't really do any of that anymore, but I do think that it's not even around those atmospheres. It's just around standing in your power and having the ability to be like, I'm safe within myself. I don't need a guy to protect me or save me. Like, I hate that whole belief, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> masculine is protective. I mean, that's what masculine is. It's control. It's, it's truth. It's protection. It's, it's, it's like a very powerful direction, like a train moving in a powerful direction. Right. And feminine is the opposite. It's just like, oh, flow and play and surrender and trust. And so many women, because they're conditioned away from the masculine, they're just in this state of like, surrender, right? And then guys are like, ooh, easy target. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean guys, but I mean like people who are very deeply unintegrated, very wounded. Yeah. They will well, even, come along and they'll just snatch that right up. Yeah, definitely. But even though, like for me, I was in the wounded feminine. And I think that even when you're in the wounded feminine, you play the victim and you want people to save you and you think yes. that you put um, it on others. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I think that a lot of women, they don't know they're in that though. Cause I didn't know I was in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's hard to identify only because we're not taught that. Right. Like nobody, most people like even now with more consciousness around this, most people are like masculine, feminine dynamics. What, what is that? Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I like yeah. pink or I lift weights, right? No, it has nothing to do with that, right? So it's just these two pieces of a whole. Because we're all like that. What I love about is, you know, everyone knows what the yin and yang sign is, mm -hmm. right? And so you've got like the black piece and you've got the white piece, but you can see that there's um, a dot in each of, of the opposite color. And mm -hmm. so that's to represent relationship. Because if you're a man with a masculine essence, in like in your life, you're going to be integrated in both your masculine and feminine. There are times where your feminine is extremely important for you to connect to how you feel, to, to, to heal, to release, to surrender. Very important. And to trust. And there are going to be times where you need your masculine. And it's the same for women. 
we use our masculine to protect us to create direction and, and achievement and, and goals and, and work in our life. Mm-hmm. And when we come into relationship, we really have to stay in a space where we're creating that yin and yang, where you are a masculine man, you are a man with masculine energy. And so you're in that like 80% of the time. You're leading this relationship, you're protecting your woman, you, you're, you're controlling you, like leadership wise. And you, you know, like, you, um, sorry, you, you speak your truth, right? You stay connected to the truth. And the feminine is surrender. It's, it's trust. So she's really surrendering into the masculine direction and trusting him. And this is how we create polarity. This is how we create attraction. These aren't gender roles. This is energy. This is the natural energy that runs through our bodies, right? And so, so if you, like you said, like if you don't know anything about these energies, what we do is we attract the sort of opposite. For me, I was always in overcompensating with my masculine because I was afraid of having my, my parents' relationship where my mom was sort of powerless and my dad just kind of made every decision and she was just like, lifeless, right? I'm like, oh, that's not going to be me. And so I was always taking the masculine role. And because I was so masculine, I was only attracting men in the feminine. So we were opposite. And it goes back to that happy wife, happy life thing. When you are a feminine woman, a feminine essence woman in a woman's body, right? Um, And you live in the masculine in your relationship, it will drain your existence. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It will, it, yeah, it will. And I think most women have, to be honest, mm-hmm. because we're really taught like, you know, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you wear the pants. Um, and so like it, dra- it, it, it takes such a toll on your nervous system. It is exhausting. It's soul sucking. Mm-hmm. And for, for a man, it's, it, and I'm sorry. And so like when, when, you know, when I was overcompensating with my masculine, I was attracting men who were unintegrated and they were deeply in the feminine, right? So they were surrendered and I had to kind of drag their dead body around with me everywhere. It was <laughs> exhausting. And so like, if you, if you are a woman who's overcompensating with the masculine, you will attract men who are, you know, wounded and in their feminine or mm-hmm. not integrated in their masculine. That's just what we do. It's what we are. And so it doesn't matter if you're going out and looking for a relationship, this is like a dynamic that plays out just in relation to other people's energy. So if we bring it back to like being at that bar, you know, you can tell if you look around the bar, you can see what women in there are vulnerable. Mm, Wow. Just by looking, by feeling like you can look around and just be like, yep, that one right there. And that's what men are doing, right? So um, men are, and I don't mean this in like a predatory way, but, but men want to connect. And the only way they know how is to like get, convince a woman. There's even this aspect around men who they feel disgusting about this. And we talk to them about this a lot, where they feel they have to convince a woman to sleep with them or go home with them. But it's just this deep longing, this mm. deep desire to just, fuck, I need someone to touch me. I need somebody to see me. Right. And so they just, they develop this like perverted thing where it's like, please just go home with me. I'm going to try to charm you. I'm going to say whatever you want me to say to get you to just fucking touch me, please. 
So that's, that's like the main dynamic. And then of course you have these really deeply wounded people who, you know, whether they feel powerless or whatever it is, they, they need to, they need to sort of like, um, become a predator. Now that's, that's a very small percentage of men, but mm -hmm. we're, the world is making it seem like it's all of them. And it's simply not true. It's, it couldn't be further from the truth, but those men, so bringing it back to this point of integrating into your energies, the people who are going to be looking for that, who are these predators, right? They're just looking around the room, looking for the most vulnerable person. Right. And so if you're going to be very vulnerable, if you do not have a good relationship to your own masculine, very vulnerable, or you'll be opposite like me, where I have really poor relationship. Well, not anymore, but I had a really poor relationship to my feminine. So I, I never felt unsafe. I'd tell a guy to go fuck himself. Like I, I didn't care about anything. I never felt unsafe even to this day but I was really lacking vulnerability. And it's something I struggle with, with even now with being vulnerable with my, my boyfriend or telling him how I feel because I know he's going to think I'm, he's going to think I'm with the women and I'm crazy and I don't want to be down there. <laughs> well, yeah, no woman wants to be labeled as crazy. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's not a compliment. A great way to make a woman crazy tell her she's crazy and you will fucking see it. <laughs> no, really. But you make up such a, a good point when you said that men have to, they feel like they have to convince women to sleep with them because that makes me really sad. And I think that we are living in, hello, hashtag quarantine. I'm so over that. But I think that, I don't know if you saw my, on my story I posted, I was like, Walmart is open and not small businesses. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, I know. I know. Yeah. It's a little, I'm in, I've been quarantining in Florida and it's a little different here because Florida like literally doesn't give a shit. Oh, that's so good. They're just okay. like, whatever, everything's open. And I mean, we have to do like the six feet apart and all that stuff, social distancing, but, um, everything's pretty much open. So oh, cool. Where are you in Florida? Yeah. Um, in a town called Vero beach. Where's that near? Um, so it's, it's on the East coast. And it's about an hour and a half from Orlando and about an hour from uh, north of West Palm. Oh, okay. So you're on the other side. We, I grew up, you know, I'm from Alabama. We grew up going to Destin in that area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been there, yeah. Um, but yeah, you bring up such a good point, though, because I think due to everything going on, everybody's touch-deprived. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Tell me about it. Like, I, I, I'm like, <gasps> I remember I was telling my boyfriend, I, I'm, I'm going to acupuncture. And I go every week and like a couple of weeks ago, I, I remember like he, he just put his hand on my head and turned my head so that he can put the needles in my ear and just him putting his hand on my head for like a millisecond. I was like, Oh, mm. <laughs> oh it feels so good. <laughs> can you keep your hand there? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel, do you feel, are you quarantined by yourself? No, I'm with, well, I'm with, I live with my sister and then I have the dog Levi and then her boyfriend. Oh, you got his dog. Yeah. Yeah, so I play with the dog and everything, but I think it's it's so different with I'm single currently, so I think that's mm -hmm. um yeah I have been feeling that and you know I said in my story the other day like I'm an extrovert hardcore yeah yeah so yeah yeah and and uh, yeah I totally I mean I I was quarantined by myself for two weeks and a friend of mine came down to stay and quarantine with me and he actually left this morning and I woke up this morning and my nervous system was like 
you're alone. Do something about this. You have no tribe. You better get your tribe back. And I'm like, Oh no. And it's already been two months since I've seen my boyfriend. He lives in Ireland. Mm. It's been two months. And the way we have things planned right now, it's going to be another like two and a half months. I mean, four and a half months without touching my boyfriend is like, <laughs> mm. why is it so long? Oh. Well, because they have really hardcore restrictions there. Really oh. hardcore. And so like, I really can't, I mean, I could go there right now, but their restrictions are so intense and they've got these five phases where it's not going to be until August 20th that they start reopening restaurants. Ireland? Yes. What? Why like, are we so strict? Already reopened. I, it's just, it's just what they're doing. I mean, they're just very, you know, they're a small country and I think like they don't want to put themselves in a position like Italy and they're just trying to be really on top of stuff and, and almost too careful so that they don't have this like disaster happen. Mm. And, and I really respect that to be honest, but I'm also just like, give me my boyfriend before I tear someone's head off. <laughs> mm, yeah, really. So, um, but Hey, okay. So you keep bringing up the point about how, you know, the nervous system regulating that I talk a lot about that too, but to everybody listening, um, how do people, regulate their nervous system. You know, that is, that's. Yeah. So first you need awareness, right? So most people don't know why they feel what they feel. They just think like, oh, I have this emotion. I want to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Let me go watch TV. Let me go whatever. Right. Watching TV, having sex, doing drugs, and even, um, even suicide are self-soothing mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So, um, suicide is the ultimate quieting of the nervous system, right? Just stops it forever. Um, and so when somebody's experiencing a lot of pain, right, in the nervous system, we will we will just try to like balance that by doing these soothing mechanisms, but they're very unconscious because most of them were taught to us um, by by our parents or whatever. So we don't really bring a lot of consciousness to why we're feeling what we're feeling, that kind of thing, and what we should be doing about it in a very balanced, healthy way. Um, so the vital needs that are hardwired into our brain, food, shelter, water, love, safety, and belonging. If your brain, so like your, your, your brainstem is regulating your heartbeat and your breathing and the homeostasis of your body, but it's also scanning your external environment every second of the day making sure that your vital needs are available to you because it believes that if any of these things are threatened, you'll die. So the brainstem's sole purpose is to keep you alive. So if it notices a threat, now this is, this is, this is how amazing and miraculous the brain is. It's like, it does things you're not even conscious of. Most of the things it does, you are not conscious of. Mm -hmm. So we have a real disconnect between what we're, what we're aware of and what's actually happening in the background. So you might have some anxiety out of nowhere, right? And you're like, wow, that's annoying. I don't want to be anxious. What am I even, what am I even anxious about? Nothing's happening, right? But your brain is sounding the alarm. So the activation of the nervous system is actually just as it's an alarm bell. It's a sound, it's a sound going off in your body saying remedy this or you're going to die. So the brain, when we talk about 
um, psychological needs. Like we all know that food, shelter, water, obviously, mm-hmm. we would die without yes. those things. But the psychological needs, love, safety, and belonging, the brain is hardwired to believe that if we do not have a tribe, so if we're not loved and we don't belong, we will be alone in the world and our chance of survival is very, very slim. It's not like that anymore. Like we could Amazon Prime and like never see another human being again and we won't die. Mm-hmm. But our, our brainstem has not evolved at the speed of our modern society and our consciousness. Okay, so it's just ancient primal programming. So one of the ways that you can regulate your nervous system is to first become aware that you're dysregulated, right? To notice mm-hmm. like, oh, my nervous system's activated. Okay, I'm noticing that, I'm connecting to that. Now, what could this be? What is the message that's coming through? Is the message connected to a shortage of food, of water, of shelter? And these are going to be different. Like they're not straightforward all the time. Sometimes you may be fasting. Let's say you're doing keto or something and you're fasting and you haven't eaten in 12 hours and that's not normal for you. Your brain's going to be like, uh, you haven't eaten. What is going on? Where is the food? Fix this right now. So you'll get like an, an, uh, an anxiety response from not eating if you eat every day at normal times. Um, but some things are going to be like not very straightforward and you'll have to do a little bit of investigating, right? You have to say, is this response connected to food, shelter, water, love, safety, or belonging? And typically because our food, our shelter, and our, our water are always taken care of, um, it's going to be love, safety, or belonging, or it'll be something even more vague, like money. Money is connected to all the vital needs. <laughs> money gets you shelter, it gets you water, it gets you food. It also allows you to be long and be successful so that other people can be like, I love you. You have something to offer me. You mm-hmm. can be part of my tribe, right? So sometimes like if you just have like an issue with money is which a lot of people are dealing with right now, mm-hmm. it's going to activate your brain. Like it's going to activate your nervous system really intensely because it's connected to all your vital needs, which is why we, you know, money, people are like money is not, you should not be in love with money or whatever. It's like, um, no money is like our source of like regulating our nervous system. It's really important. Yeah. Super important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want to first identify, you know, what's happening in your nervous system. What is it connected to? And then, ha- and then just come up with ways that you can soothe that. It's really simple. So if you're feeling not loved, who can I connect to right now that will make me feel love? Mm. Who can I connect to that will allow me to belong? Can I sit and meditate on the feeling of belonging? Can I create that? Because remember, we're conscious creators. So Most people kind of operate from a victim standpoint where it's like, whatever happens in my environment is what I feel inside, Mm -hmm. but our body creates everything we've ever felt. So Mm. technically we, we can create whatever we want if we bring consciousness to it. So you can actually just sit and, and, and actually, uh, conjure up these feelings that are missing and that will balance. Um, and so like, let's, let's do like a real life example. So, um, if I am feeling, if, if my nervous system is saying like, okay, you're, you're lacking love right now, 
what I'll do is actually just sit down and write out all of the examples of ways that I am loved or have received love in that day or that week or that month or that year. And then really bring myself back to those moments, really experience those things, and it will quiet and calm the nervous system. Um, and, and these are ways to sort of soothe the nervous system if, it, if you can't get the thing that it needs. So as an example, there are times where my nervous system is sort of inflamed because I really miss my boyfriend. Right. And so the only way for that to be remedied is to like be in his arms, which is impossible. So instead, what we do is we set up FaceTime dates, right? Or we will self-pleasure together, or he'll read to me, or whatever it is, right? Like we find ways to the nervous system is like, oh, there he is. Okay, cool. We're good. We're good. We're good. Right. So you mm -hmm. want to just be inventive. You want to be creative. You want to use your imagination. Like, how can I soothe this without numbing it right because you could sit and watch tv and, and tv like i said is a self-soothing mechanism but if it's not regulating you outside of that you want to try other things if if eating food is making you feel even worse if watching tv all day long and not getting anything done is making you feel worse then you know you want to just be a little bit more inventive Cause we just go to these normal, like drinking, smoke some weed, do some drugs, have sex, watch TV. These are just kind of mm -hmm. the baseline. And, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes all I need is to just zone out and watch TV and I feel great. Other times it's not what I need. It makes it worse. So it really comes down to awareness and understanding what you actually need. Cause most people don't even know what they need. Mm. So I hope that that helps. I hope that helps clarify. No, no, you bring up. Um, no, you bring up some great points because I think that uh, I love how you're like, we're all consciously creating and I had a mentor that always tells me that. And I think that you're so right though, because I think that for those of you people that are single, they're listening, they're like, Oh my God, F, you know, I'm single and I'm in quarantine. This sucks. I'm just going to yeah. eat everything. <laughs> like, well, you can get those needs or like for me, you know, sometimes I've pout about that. It's like, I can get this needs in other ways while, you know, until I meet this person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like I know dating is a little bit different, but I am such a, um, I'm such an advocate for FaceTime dates. And, and one of the reasons I'm such an advocate for that is because that's how my boyfriend and I started. Like we were kind of dating for like a month before we actually met in real life. We were FaceTiming, talking on the phone, getting to know each other and seeing whether or not we were in alignment with each other. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, oh, we are, and we should meet. And, and I mean, I'm like, everybody should do that. <laughs> Most people, if you find a guy who's not interested in doing that, what he's really saying to you is, I'm just trying to regulate my nervous system right now. Plain and simple with you. Not, I'm really interested in creating something substantial in my life and you could be a possibility. Mm. This is one thing that I love teaching women is like how to really decipher men. It's actually so simple when you, when you know a couple of things, but really feeling the energy 
is this person in a rush to meet me? And if he is, he's probably just trying to regulate his nervous system. And that's okay if that's in alignment with what you want. But if you're like out there trying to create like a magnificent, conscious, amazing relationship, then you're going to want to be doing FaceTime dates. You're going to be wanting to like get to know people, right? You're going to want to be deeply in your feminine and, and finding out whether or not can this man lead me? Is he on the same level of consciousness as me? Right? Like what, what is, what is important to him? What are his values? Do they line up with me? Right. And, and, and if you're having a hard time where you're just like going on these dates and all these people are kind of like, well, that's a good thing because you're weeding people out for when this is over. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so I'm like major proponent for, um, for that. You know, I think, I think everybody should, you know, if you're looking for that. Now, if you're not looking for that and you just want to regulate your nervous system, which I, <laughs> okay. if you want to just regulate your nervous system for, um, like that's all you want to do. Like you want to do it with a one night stand or whatever it mm -hmm. is. It's important to be conscious of that. But even if that person isn't conscious of that, you can be conscious of that. And if that's in alignment with what you want, like then FaceTime dating probably isn't for you. You're just going to have to wait it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the way you say that though, because that is so true. I think now that I've done this work more and I'm more aware. It's so easy to tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so the old was like, I don't know why I'm just a girlfriend. You knew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. I'm just like, what the hell? I swear this guy's in love with me. Meanwhile, it's like, no, he's not. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's about being honest too, about how you're saying being honest with what you want, because there have been periods where it was fun to like play and flip around or whatever. And then there are also periods where you want something more serious and you want a relationship. So people yes. need to be serious with which one they're at. Yes, exactly. And if, if, if you, if you're talking with somebody who can't express that because they don't even know, like they're not connected to what they want, all you have to do is feel their energy. That's it. You know, mm -hmm. not, do not listen as a woman. You do not listen to a man's words. That is, that is fatal to us. We don't mm. look words. We feel energy. We feel the truth in the energy that a man is presenting to us, not the words, the energy. And it's important to see whether or not those words and energy are in alignment. Because if he's saying one thing, but you feel something else, then there's an issue there. There's yep, a out of integrity. Yeah. A conflict inside of them. Yeah, exactly. Mm, whoa. Okay. So where do you want to leave everybody with? <laughs> I, I mean, we, we went over a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think, you know, regulating the nervous system is a good, good place to sort of leave it. Okay. Leave it. I think that is a great takeaway. Where can everybody find you? Um, you can get at me on Instagram at sexualmasterynyc, or you go to my website, which is sexualmasterynyc.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Sounds great. I will put your links yeah. below. Thank you so much. This was such You're a great so conversation. Welcome. I loved it. Yes. Everybody be <laughs> sure to comment below. Let us know your thoughts. DM either of us on Instagram. I would love to hear feedback and then be sure to be subscribed to the podcast. All right.
Bye.